Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today again with Chris and Lisa. Hey guys. Hello, hello. Hi. Uh, so we're... On the road again. <laughs> sort of, actually. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for that Willie Nelson impression. That's about all you're ever going to get. Uh, that's too bad. <laughs> Willie Nelson is a treasure, man. Hey, tr- strange but true fact, I've had breakfast across from Willie Nelson. Before. What? Yes. Because he lived in Maui, and when I was serving in YWAM, Youth Mission in Maui, he would frequent this little breakfast joint. And one day I'm having breakfast, and I look up, there's Willie. Oh, man, I would love that. Strange but true fact. He was across the table oh, from me. Fascinating. I'm a big, big Willie Nelson fan, actually, so that's pretty cool. Uh, all right, so that was for free. On that note, <laughs> uh, yeah, some of you are tuning in for the first time. Like, oh, this is about the Bible. What in the world? Um, sometimes we get sidetracked. Uh, so we're in Acts twenty through the end of twenty-one, uh, and basically what we're getting is Luke's very distinct account of kind of what's happening. And it actually, like reading it today, actually feels that way. It's mm. like a documentary account of what's going on. And so we get some interesting things. Paul's going to say goodbye to the Ephesian church. Uh, Paul's going to head to Jerusalem. Paul's going to get arrested in Jerusalem. So as we read over these things, what stuck out to you guys? I mean, saying goodbye to the Ephesian church was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, That definitely stands out that this was one of the churches that he spent the most time with. You can see like the depth of relationship that when they do sail away, the whole congregation comes down. Uh, But the thing that's actually stuck out to me is Paul kind of gives like a little admonition or a, a pastoral word to the Ephesian elders and just even as a pastor sitting there listening to that be read was like, that's that's a great admonition, just that's kind of timeless. You know, just to kind of paraphrase, he said, feed and shepherd God's flock. Um, know that there's going to be some false teachers that will come in that will influence things, but keep a watch, keep a care over your people day and night. Uh, kind of that that whole guard the flock mentality. I, I think that's a that's something timeless for those of us that are involved in some kind of pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can definitely see it's emotional. And uh, I mean, I've been a part of some emotional goodbyes, but nothing compared to this. Yeah. Um, can tell that they really honored and loved Paul. And I think it makes it even harder when they know what is coming. Like, Paul, he knew what was coming next. And he just said, I have to, I have to go. Um, he, he didn't go in a different direction. He didn't stop because of fear or not wanting to, but he was like, nope, this is where, this is what I have to do. And went. You know, even uh, the thing that is interesting here, uh, sometimes I advise people in different situations, like, you know, what should they do when they're faced with danger? And we've already seen in Acts that sometimes, you know, Paul has run from the face of danger. He has left town or he got lowered over the wall in a basket. Here, he clearly, very prophetically is told time and time again that danger is coming, death is coming. uh, And there's just this resoluteness in him that he's to still go forward. So it doesn't really give me uh, the answer I'm looking for when I have to advise someone other than, and you got to know what God's asking you to do because Sometimes God says, run, run away. And other times he says, stay. Uh, and so we see we see Paul at this time really just staying that course towards what he knows is not going to be a pleasant thing. Is it is it fair that there's like a, a developing sense of finality here? I mean, definitely with the Ephesian church when he's like, see you guys, I'll never see you ever again. 
but definitely like it, it seems like he's becoming more resolute and more focused on the end of his ministry. Cause he's even saying a lot of things of like, Hey, and I guess this is all in that Ephesian uh, sort of sermon, but he is saying like, Hey, I did everything I could do. Like my time here is over. You're not going to see me anymore. Uh, and he starts to do things that are going to put him in a lot of danger. I mean, he's already been in a ton of danger. We saw that yesterday, but um, he, there's this very dramatic prophet. that's like, Hey, ties himself up. He's like, this is what's going to happen to you. I don't know why he couldn't have just said that, but oh, he's just kind of—it's like Ezekiel or something. He's kind of—he's going Old Testament, I guess. So, I guess so. I just imagine like the whole crowd, like, "What, what are you doing? Are you going to explain this?" Or like, <laughs> "Okay, hi." Sometimes we need a visual. I guess so. For a little I drama. guess so. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Anything else, guys? Standing out. Yeah, there, there's another thing I noticed here, like just speaking in terms of Ephesus and like the the amount of impact that Paul had while he was there. Um, it's actually a, a person from Ephesus uh, that notices him in Jerusalem and stirs up all this uproar that's going to happen. So there, there is like this huge uproar that happens in Jerusalem, but at the center of it is a person from Ephesus. And these are not like, this is not next door towns. Um, the this person would have traveled quite a distance, but they're able to see Paul in Jerusalem and be like, oh my goodness, that's that guy. And so Paul has had an incredible influence in this far off city that it just so happens that somebody from that city's in Jerusalem is able to cause this stir. And whoever this person is, they're they're obviously impacted by the stir that had happened. What, like maybe years before? Yeah, I mean, when Paul first came to Ephesus, there was, I mean, it was a huge impact on yeah, there's, there's a huge they, uproar there. Yeah, they burned all the magic books. They do like there's probably like that was probably some significant events in the city's history. Mm-hmm. And so here we have someone in Jerusalem uh, that is lying about Paul. They're saying that they took this that he took this guy into the temple. That there's no evidence that he did. Um, and and they're just trying to they're trying to get him caught and captured uh, to the point that the Romans have to intervene. And the Romans are like, "What is going on?" They're like, "Ah, oh, we don't know. We just want to hurt him." Yeah. When when the Romans are intervening, you know that your argument is pretty weak. <laughs> and the Romans are just interested in keeping peace in this region. They're like, whatever it takes to just be okay. Should we just cart this guy off? Great. Let's cart this guy off. And they actually have to hold him up in the air while they walk him up the steps to the fortress. I was actually had like a little visual of that in my mind when we were reading that. Like, these guys are getting wailed on, but with like Paul over their shoulders. Yeah, and like, these are these are Roman soldiers yeah. against like Jewish peasants. So <laughs> I guess they were pretty resolute in their desire to kill Paul. Maybe it's like, uh, what's that uh, fairy tale? The giants in the little place yeah, or something. Yeah, it, it feels a little bit that way. And the Romans are probably like, oh my gosh, why do we have to do this all the time? <laughs> Just get us out again. of Judea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been in Rome. <laughs> all right. You know what? On that note, hey, we'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Acts 20, starting in verse 13. Paul went by land to Asos, where he had arranged for us to meet him while we traveled by ship. He joined us there, and we sailed together to Mytilene. The next day, we sailed past the island of Chios. The following day, we crossed the island of Samos, and a day later, we arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail on past Ephesus, for he didn't want to spend any more time in the province of Asia. He was hurrying to get to Jerusalem, if possible, in time for the festival of Pentecost. But when we landed at Miletus, he sent a message to the elders of the church at Ephesus, asking them to come and meet him. 
When they arrived, he declared, You know that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I have endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God, and of having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering awaits me. And now I'm bound by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And now I know that none of none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault, for I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out. Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day, and many tears for you. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who were with me. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had finished speaking, he knelt and prayed with them. They all cried and embraced and kissed him goodbye. They were sad most of all because he had said that they would never see him again. Then they escorted him down to the ship. After saying farewell to the Ephesian elders, we sailed straight to the island of Kos. The next day we reached Rhodes and then to Patara. There we boarded a ship sailing for Phoenicia. We sighted the island of Cyprus, passed it on our left, and landed at the harbor of Tyre in Syria, where the ship was to unload its cargo. We went ashore, found the local believers, and stayed with them a week. These believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go on to Jerusalem. When we returned to the ship at the end of the week, the entire congregation, including women and children, left the city and came down to the shore with us. There we knelt, prayed, and said our farewells. Then we went aboard and returned home. The next stop after leaving Tyre was Ptolemas, where we greeted our brothers and sisters and stayed for one day. The next day we went on to Caesarea and stayed at home with Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven men who had been chosen to distribute food. He had four unmarried daughters who had been given the gift of prophecy. Several days later, a man named Agabus, who had been given the gift of prophecy, arrived in Judea. He came over to Paul's he came over took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands with it. Then he said, The Holy Spirit declares, So shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the local believers all begged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. But he said, Why all this weeping? You're breaking my heart. I'm ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. When his 
when it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. After this, we packed our things and left for Jerusalem. Some believers from Caesarea accompanied us, and they took us to the home of Nason, a man originally from Cyprus and one of the early believers. When we arrived, the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem welcomed us warmly. The next day, Paul went with us to meet with James, and all the elders of the Jerusalem church were present. After greeting them, Paul gave a detailed account of the things God had accomplished among the Gentiles through his ministry. After hearing this, they praised God, and then they said, You know, dear brothers, how many thousands of Jews have also believed, and they all follow the law of Moses very seriously. But the Jewish believers here in Jerusalem have been told that you are teaching all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn their backs on the laws of Moses. They've heard that you teach them not to circumcise their children or follow other Jewish customs. What should we do? They will certainly hear that they will certainly hear that you have come. Here's what we want you to do. We have four men here who have completed their vow. Go with them to the temple and join them in the purification ceremony, paying them to have their heads ritually shaved. Then everyone will know that the rumors are all false and that you yourself observe the Jewish laws. As for the Gentile believers, they should do what we already told them in a letter. They should abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. So Paul went to the temple the next day with the other men. They had already started the purification ritual, so he publicly announced the date when their vows would end and the sacrifices would be offered for each of them. The seven days were almost ended when some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul in the temple and roused a mob against him. They grabbed him, yelling, Men of Israel, help us! This is the man who preaches against our people everywhere and tells everyone to disobey the Jewish laws. He speaks against the temple and even defiles this holy place by bringing in Gentiles. For earlier that day, they had seen him in, they had seen him in the city with Trophimus, a Gentile from Ephesus, and they assumed Paul had taken him into the temple. The whole city was rocked by these accusations, and a great riot followed. Paul was grabbed and dragged out of the temple, and immediately the gates were closed behind him. As they were trying to kill him, word reached the commander of the Roman regiment that all of Jerusalem was in an uproar. He immediately called out his soldiers and officers and ran down among the crowd. When the mob saw the commander and the troops coming, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander arrested him and ordered him bound with two chains. He asked the crowd who he was and what he had done. Some shouted one thing and some another. Since he couldn't find out the truth and all the uproar and confusion, he ordered that Paul be taken to the fortress. As Paul reached the stairs, the mob grew so violent that the soldiers had to lift him to their shoulders to protect him, and the crowd followed behind him, kill, shouting, kill him, kill him. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.